and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Thanks for tuning in uh, here, at least for a portion of the program. Hope you can stay for all of it. Uh, here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Scott Dockerman is on vacation, so we are going to rely heavily on 24-7 sports uh, with two of their guys. One that covers the Hawkeyes. That would be David Eichel. HawkeyeInsider.com. He'll join us at the bottom of our number one, uh, 11.30 or thereabouts. Bama Bob, 10 after uh, noon, we will speak with him. We'll preview the national championship. Bama Trent and I, our takes on what we expect, what we may see uh, tonight. How can TCU pull this upset, if indeed there is one to be pulled? Uh, and then uh, Nick Oson from CycloneAlert.com. He'll join us at about 12.30. I believe there's a... Um, I know TJ met with the media this morning, so we'll get the latest uh, from... Uh, Nick Oson, of course, the women have are sitting on pins and needles, fans of the Iowa State women's program, as uh, Stephanie Suarez, their gifted uh, five, is left the game injured. We will see. Uh, Bill Fennelly is quoted as it saying it doesn't sound, and I'm paraphrasing, it's not safe he said good or promising, but it didn't read like, uh, now nah, this is nothing. She'll be out there next time they take the floor. We shall see, and we'll wait for the word on that. We will get into the NFL at some point, just I mean, <laughs> what an amazing weekend. Uh, so the fun. Brock Purdy beat goes on. Mm-hmm. Can he win Rookie of the Year? Yeah, absolutely. Who's it between? Oh, boy. Wilson? Garrett Wilson? Yeah, he was good. Um, uh, Walker in Seattle got hurt. Mm-hmm. Hall with the Jets got hurt. We'll see. I mean, he's going to be in the conversation. Him and Kittle, man, have they got some magic or what? It's incredible. It really and truly is. It was... Um, it was just amazing, those two. Did we see Aaron Rodgers walk off a football field for the final time last night? Kind of felt like it. I know his former teammate, Williams, the running back for Detroit, wanted his jersey after the game. And Rodgers, you could uh, see the cameras were on, said, no, I think I'm going to keep this one. So what does that mean? Inquiring minds want to know, <laughs> and we will get that answer at some point. Does it mean his final game as a Packer, his final game as a player? J.J. Watt leaving the field yesterday. That was pretty cool in its own right. He could still play. I mean, had a couple, at least two sacks that I saw in that game of Brock Purdy, but uh, man, oh man. To answer your question on Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson is the betting favorite. Is he the favorite? Going into the weekend. Yeah. He was plus 210. Kenneth Walker was still second. Is he really? 4-1. to one. And Brock Purdy was 9-2, to two, right behind him. With an by arrow Christian pointing Watson. up. Yes, it is. Yo, you and know then, what? Watson's Watson's arrow's pointing up too. At the end of the season, he's really come on. Yeah, Jordan Love's gonna have something, huh? <laughs> are you okay that the Packers are maybe headed back towards the bottom of the stand? Are oh, you all right? It has been a quarter century. <laughs> it's unbelievable of those cheeseheads. Yep, more than that, dominating the division. Yeah, yeah almost thirty years now. It's almost thirty, 30 years. years. Yeah, is what we're talking about. And it just Packer fans just annoyed me because I didn't know any. Growing up in the 80s, there were nothing. Well, there were, but they were just kind of... Right. They were hidden. Right. Not coming out. The bandwagon factor. Now, Uh it was also the time period that I grew up because, well, you start to jump on board teams, Uh you know, in elementary school, middle school, and the like, and a lot of people jumped on Brett Favre and the Packers, and that was annoying, too. And then just getting your teeth kicked in by those two guys over (laughs) the last 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. 
We're ready. Jordan Love, come on down. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, TV? No, well, I, no, I don't think so. He I loves going on McAfee. He's going to have he something. Does. There's going to be something in the media for him. In the media, I, I think. I'm not sure he wants to do the week-to-week stuff. Maybe he does. Better in the booth or better at a desk? If you had to choose uh, on one a of podcast, those two. No, 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 no. Uh, a pre-game, post-game. Oh. Where would he be better? Oh, I would like to see him in the, on a broadcast booth. You think so? As opposed to like on the ESPN set? You know, he's so long form. You, and because of that, and I kind of put it in a box of just those two things, you could see him being maybe even more of a feature guy. Is you know? he, Yeah, maybe. Does But does he get the accept? Because he's a weird dude. He's different. I mean, he's dating a witch. Yes, he is. You know? And he's hopped uh, up on goofballs. Uh, whatever. Gets him through the night, I right. guess. Uh, we'll see. I mean, he's still, um, there's been no resolution. He said it won't take long. We will find out. So let's get back to the NFL because I want to start with the needle movers. And they certainly moved the needle this weekend again. So we've got, uh, what are we starting? We're starting with Hawks. And then, so let's do Hawks clones, and then we'll get back to the Hawks. Okay, uh, because we will have uh, David Eicholt on Iowa. So we'll finish the segment with Iowa State. We'll start with yesterday. Um, set it on Friday. You know what? You got the first one. Now go out there and do it again. Go on the road and pick off Rutgers, and they did. And that was a really, really well played basketball game. How about Peyton Sanford? Finally, oh completely came through. They don't win that game without Peyton mm-hmm. Sanford. They do not. Nope. When they're coming roaring back, who was it that saved the day? Yeah. Much maligned for a month plus. Turnaround three, not yes. even looking at the basket, getting fouled on a three, one, two, three, swish, swish, swish. Um, Big three in the first half is Rutgers, Rutgers was getting mm-hmm. back into the game, and they answered with an 8 nothing run to end yep. the first half, go up by a dozen going into the halftime locker room. They needed a big shot. They went him. Chris Murray had a couple of big shots, mm-hmm. but this will be remembered as the Peyton Sanford game. It will be, absolutely. Robracha was good, too. He absolutely was. Doing it against Big Cliff or Murray. I mean, yeah. that's no. not an easy task. Yeah, that's a low. That, Is that, he the MVP of this team so far? Yes. Because Murray had missed a couple right. of games? I, I think so. I think so, too. Yeah, when you're talking about value in kind of that sense. I mean, there is no award given out on January. Where are they, ninth? (laughs) Right. But but my point being, he has had a phenomenal season. 16-12, and three blocks, and his passing ability. Remember earlier this year, and I think it was maybe after that Thanksgiving tournament when they're down in Florida, they lose to TCU, and and I wondered, were they going too much offensively through him? They're still doing things through him offensively. But it's not like Luca throwing the post. Right, good things are right. going to happen. Yeah. But the problem was, he was really struggling. Not just when a double team would come over, but he'd get it out of there. But he wouldn't make the right. Pa- he's making the right pass now. Mm-hmm. He's making smart play, seeing where that double's coming from, and they'll swing it around and get an open shot, and that's helping the three point shooting. So you're seeing the evolution of him. We saw it right away this year from game one. All right, what we saw at the end of last year, this was not just you know, a nice stretch. He's becoming that yeah. kind of Big Ten player. Now, some of his weaknesses, when the double team comes, he's getting better at that aspect and passing out of it. He's just building these blocks. Or that absolutely. little jump hook, too. Oh, yes. Now, it's only over the right shoulder. Right. That's true. <laughs> and Big Cliff, he understood that, too, as he saw a couple of times later in the game as they were going that direction. But, yeah, overall, Rabracha, his play, Connor McCaffrey. Now, looking at the plus-minus, I thought plus-minus, he was going to be like plus-20 just because it felt like every time he was on the floor – that's when Iowa was at their best. It wasn't the case, but Connor was good in a day where you just turned it over a bunch. Yeah. Perkins yep. was two of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both those guys were also important. Without those two corner threes from Ulysses, where are they at? Uh-huh. Without 
his ability a couple of times Trent. to get he into the paint. He did have a lot, of, a lot of positives, but those were two of them for you, Ulysses. you got to cut down. He can't have four turnovers. Perkins only had two turnovers. It felt like 12. He <laughs> just It was one of those games. But those guys are still going to play better, you feel. Mm-hmm. Perkins is going to find it at some point. I thought he had energy. He, I mm-hmm. thought he was out there. He was really competing on the defensive end. Some of those shots are going to start to fall for him. All of a sudden, we go from throwing the dirt on the grave. It's over. Yeah. Felt like it. Looked like it. Now he got three straight at home. That's right. And none of them are untenable. They're favored in all three of those games at Ken Pomeroy. Favored by against Michigan, I think. Well, let's bring it up here. They're favored against the Wolverines on Thursday by five points. Then after that, they are a three-point favorite against Maryland and favored by five against Northwestern. All right. Now, you win those three games. <laughs> all of a sudden, this team's five and three. I know. And the conversation completely changes. And it already has. Going into the Rutgers game, I don't want to say no shot, but not much of a shot. Mm-hmm. The and, start. I mean, look at the start that they had. And they're just cruising. Uh-huh. And they had a response every and, single And France time. had, after the game, they said, he does, I can't recall a team that executed the game plan uh, as well as this team did yesterday. Now, the one question, because as soon as the game was over, I was over to football. Mm-hmm. Anything on Connor McCaffrey because he got his bell rung on that on that uh, screen. They said it was more his jaw. Oh, was his jaw good? Yeah, and because he kind of looked dazed. He did. I saw little birdies over yeah. his head, like in the cartoons. You're thinking about a concussion, yes. and those kind of things. They didn't say anything concussion wise. They said it was more of a jaw. Now you can still have sure you a can. concussion getting hit yeah. in the jaw, but that is at least concussion wasn't talked about. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll put it that way. At least what I saw. So that is good news because this team isn't deep. They played six guys for all intents and purposes yeah. yesterday. Yeah, it's a six-man team right uh-huh. now without Patrick Yeah, there was there. only, uh, of the bench guys, uh, Sanford was the only one that had double-digit minutes, yeah. right? Yeah. For uh, out of Bowen, he looked overwhelmed by mm-hmm. that defensive pressure. Mm-hmm. Rutgers got to the rim one time. Well, there's for a, a reason they were the number th- what, three team in the country defensive-wise. Right after Fran said after the Indiana game, we got to find more minutes for Josh Dix. He played two minutes. <laughs> and Carter Kingsbury played three. So that's what you had from the bench outside of Sanford. And Sanford even only played 22. Now that long stretch, when it basically went from the 16-minute mark and it almost looked like it was going to get to the under 12, I mean, they played almost five straight minutes. Sanford was waiting to go in. So that kind of cut uh, into his minutes, probably four or five minutes he normally would have played. Okay. That wasn't in there as he ended up with 22. But he was <clears throat> quiet until late in the first half, mm-hmm. 14 in the second. Sanford was excellent. They need Every single one of these guys. So if, even if you're not hitting shots, we see that out of Euless and, and Perkins yesterday, those guys have to be able to help out in other ways, and they did it. Three offensive rebounds in the second half for Tony Perkins, just doing those little kind of things to help out the team. Huge. Good to see. Um, this team is back in it again, and you feel a whole lot better about this team's chances going forward. Uh, the next three is home, as you mentioned. All right, let's, uh, let's head off to, uh, to Fort Worth and Iowa State and TCU. Uh, what what a basketball game! What a shot at the end! Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe Kalsher just uh, the turnaround <laughs> jumper for the win. Uh, well done, Gabe Kalsher. Here, Trent. Here, here's the stat for it: five guys, five cyclones in double digits. Mm-hmm. One of them wasn't Caleb Grill, who finished with three. Right. I mean, that's hard to do, right? Because mm-hmm. Grill had been filling this thing up. But um, I thought Holmes was fantastic. Obviously, Lipsy's Lipsy, right? Um, and then Bob Jones and Trey King had his best game yes. as a psych. Now, there have been a lot of them, mm-hmm. to be fair. 
Uh, but he he really showed up, and Watson did too. Maybe not in the, on the score sheet. How many but, times have I told you? I just there's something about him I like, and it's, you're starting to see it. Yeah, you're right. starting to see the light come on. You're maybe more so. You're starting to see the coaching staff, and one in particular, mm-hmm. have more trust in him. Uh, and I could see those minutes. I, I could see those minutes building. He plays 12 minutes. That's probably maybe 12 to 15. Yeah, 15 yeah. is probably the max. Okay. It's probably going to be in that I'd say 10 to 12 mm-hmm. minute range. Get him in there for a couple three-minute stretches in the first half, yep. one in the second. And that's probably what it's going to be for him. But he's athletic. He's shown some shooting ability throughout the season when he's been in there. He's just There's something about, I guess, his frame and his athleticism that just excites me and what kind of player he's going to be. Kalsher, 0 for 5 from 3 until... Until he needed the one. We, we talked about it last week after the win against Oklahoma. <laughs> this team and Kalsher being a part of it, they're not a great shooting team. No, but they're a fun team to but watch, they aren't they? But they don't lack confidence, and no. they go out there. And the defensive ability, holding O'Bannon to seven, you know, at times really mm-hmm. making it difficult mm-hmm. inside for Lampkin. I mean, yeah. They're throwing two different dudes at him yeah. with Jones and, of course, what they get inside with Osuni. And he didn't have an answer. No. He was well, lumping up and down the floor and not doing a whole lot. And they had an answer for the big fella, Lampkin in the middle. And mm-hmm. Shuni did a good job on him. Miles and Barr are going to get theirs. Those are two really good players. Yeah. Um, Miles is a terrific player. The, f- the fouls on the three. Look, I've been bitching about this since Aaron White's career. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a, because my my whole Aaron White deal. Drove me nuts because he's such a good basketball player that he didn't need to pull that BS. Maybe he was a trendsetter because everybody's not got that little kick out when you shoot the three. And three times uh, in that game, uh, the refs fell for it. And it just drives me bonkers that they could. How would this rule? And Frischilla was all over it. You're 10 years too late. Um, you should have been bitching about this for, for, for the last decade. But it's just, you don't need to do that. It's not, it, that's not gamesmanship to me. It's just not. That's why I've always hated James Harden. I mean, he's the one that that absolutely took this to another level, and I despise it. I'm right Mm -hmm. there with you. I have hated that part of the game, jumping into people, making it look like you're fouled. Another thing is they were supposed to clean up, and I saw it over the weekend, I don't know, half a dozen times, is when you act like you're fouled and you throw your head back. Yeah, That's supposed to be a, a, what whatever they consider that kind of technical, one-shot free throw technical. And refs, once again, are falling for it. Uh, Just refereeing in college basketball. Refereeing. In general, it's, it's, bad. it's tough. I agree with you. Did it, you see Purdue Penn State yesterday afterwards? I did not. The Penn State coach uh-uh. came out and said, "Oh, but you know this officiating crew. You know we we want to play a certain style. We want to have a free flowing offense. Uh-huh. And you know there are certain crews that you're not able to do it. Guess who was on that crew? No, the Courtney crew we Green. Saw the other night, Courtney Green. Boy, he's he, he's, he's awful. Yeah, he's, he's he's terrible. He's Angel Hernandez. Indiana fans hated him. Iowa fans hated him. He's he's uh, now Penn State fans. He is um, the great uniter. The he unites equal a lot opportunity of awfulness. He like unites a lot of fan bases. All right, phones in a second. I want to get to what I think is going to be a real fun next four months, uh, because all of a sudden. One of our regional teams, mm-hmm. the one regional team that has not moved a needle in the longest time, the entire offseason up until draft is going to be about your Chicago Bears. This is going to be a fun, fun story to follow. How they, how, what they do, what some of the speculation is going to be, what they do with this one. Do they keep it? Do they trade it? And if they do decide to keep it, what do they do with it? And what does that do to the incumbent starting quarterback? Where are you, Trent Condon? I was absolutely baffled because I had in my notes the perfect plan. And as we always do, our production meeting before, just us BSing before the show starts. 
And you and I are on the exact same page. Justin Fields, thanks for your couple years. I think you got to pull the trigger. You're getting mail somewhere else. Because you're going to get a boatload of picks for him, too. You're going to get a boatload of picks. You can have your choice. Now, it starts at the top, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this comes down to polls, the new GM. Yeah. If he is enamored, just say it is Bryce Young. Just yeah. for argument's sake. Whoever it may be. Say it's Bryce Young, and he says this is the guy. This guy, we yeah. can win with him. Yeah. We can win Super Bowls with him. We think he is that good. Then you go that direction. I mean, it starts there. But for Justin Fields, we've seen glimpses. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely have. But his style of football, can he win in today's NFL being a glorified running back at the quarterback position? Lamar Jackson won an MVP. What has he won in the playoffs? That's a fair point. Yeah. Was he one and four mm-hmm. in his career? That's a fair point. Um, You're looking to win the ultimate prize. I'm a Fields guy. I want to put that up. I think you are, too. I think you're I like coming him. around. Yeah. I like him. But this, the, the only thing with Bryce Young, and I, when he gets to Indianapolis, and I don't know if he's going to work out or he's not going to work out, but if he does get to Indianapolis, where's it Dallas this year? Did they move it? Oh, yeah. I think you're... Yeah, it was, th- was it this year that they've moved it? So the 2023 NFL draft. Or no, scouting combine. Or combine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know they talked about moving, and there's a lot. There was a bunch of NFL writers that were PO'd because they weren't going back to Indy. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's this year. Uh, those are dates. Da, da, da. Will be held this year in Indianapolis. Okay, good. Yeah. Point being, he's going to have to step on the measuring stick at some. Is he? Is he six foot? Probably not. Yeah. Probably That's probably. the only thing that would give me a little bit of pot. I think he's going to be a good player. He's a great college player. I mean, he was in the conversation for Heisman's. The biggest Heisman's component for this, though, is that five-year window. The rookie wage scale for quarterbacks, yeah. it is a yep. huge advantage. Huge. And for the Bears, with all the capital that they have. already two into it. Yes. You only got three years That's left. That's right. And you got a decision. And as we're seeing with Lamar Jackson, yeah. it, those decisions are not easy. We saw it with Kirk Cousins. You watch start the clock over again. And you reset. Yeah. You're back to five years with all this cap room, and the build becomes that much easier. All the draft capital that you're going to have, coupled with a quarterback that you believe you're going to have mm-hmm. then for five years, as opposed to three before having to pay it out, and all the cap room that goes along with it. If it's close, I think you pull the trigger. I'm, it's, I, it's going to be fascinating to watch. If you're... 55-45, I think we should keep Fields. Because of that five-year window, mm-hmm. I think you have That's to pull the, equalizer. the tr- How did Houston lose? How, how did Houston win <laughs> the football game? It how was, do you go take the field? I mean, I get that they're pros. Well, here's the problem. The report comes out, I think Ian Rappaport was the first that had it, that Lovey was going to be fired before the game. Well, if mm. Lovey hears that, and mm. I'm sure it got back to him. Screw you. Absolutely. You <laughs> gave me one year. Now, I came here with a four-year deal. The second straight coach to get one year. <laughs> right. What an organization. You're going to give me one year? Well, watch this. Here's your consolation prize on the way out the door. We're going to yeah. not only score to make it 31-30, but we're going to go for two in the win, mm-hmm. and they get it done. Davis Mills, you're playing to win the game. You're, yeah. you're a player, right? Mm-hmm. The owner on the sideline? Mm. Chuck one into the dirt if need mm. be? <laughs> GM? A little wink and a nod? Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it gets to that point. In fact, if you're going to fire Lovey, don't let that get out. No. Don't let him rally the troops for one final game. Say we thank him for his services, and we're going to have, I don't know, Jose Altuve is going to come in <laughs> Houston's own, and he's going to coach the – you can't win that game. No. You can't win that game. Anything possible. And yet they found a way 
to win that game. Unbelievable. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating offseason. Can't wait to see how it plays out. We're both just, I mean, I'm, I'm a Justin Fields guy, uh, but I can certainly understand the, um, uh, the folks that want to move on. And Trent's 1,000% right. You start the clock over on the rookie contract. Five-year deal. It's a huge, huge uh, benefit to be able to do that. You can pay some of your guys before you have to pay your quarterback. Jeff, thank you for being patient as always. Jeff, take it away. What's on your mind? Uh, first thing, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Hines uh, from Buffalo and those two returns. Unbelievable. <laughs> if uh, you haven't heard the call uh, with uh, with Romo and... Uh, I did. Nance? It was with, Thank you. Uh, great call. It, it's bone-chilling. It really, I mean, yep. to hear the crowd in the background, to hear the players talk about it after the fact, post-game, kills. I have still talking about it to you guys right now, so I just want to give that a quick shout-out. Um, Trent, yeah. do, do you like this uh, this comparison of Baracha and Greg uh, Bruner? Is that a good comparison? It is. Bruner didn't have to play center nearly as much as Robracha has to. But Robracha had a way better hairline. <laughs> yes, he's yeah. definitely got that. And, well, of course, the Serbian heritage. But, yeah, I mean, similar type of players, tough guy rebounders. But, yeah, the big difference is Bruner had other guys inside. I mean, he was playing with guys like, what, Sonderleiter was out there. It was Reiner, I think, overlapped. Sean, Sonderleiter, I mean, they, nice. they had real centers, and he got to play yeah. power forward. That's not the case. Robracha, when they play Evie and Purdue... You you got to go out there and you're battling seven foot four Zach Eady. That's not the case with Bruner, but yeah, pretty good comp. And that's what I like about him right now is there's it's him and him alone. Fans have buried him. He came back this season and he is, he's playing at a high high level. I, I just love how you know a guy like that could again could just mail it in. Say I'll just go over to Europe, make some money. He's coming back for his fifth year and he's playing at such a high level. I love it. So let me give you a little stat here. Um, for Trent, and I understand the Eastern Illinois loss, it could bury him. Rutgers, net 14. This is updated today. Net 14. Mm-hmm. Iowa State, net 17. Indiana, net 18. So those are three quality quad one wins coming into this home stretch. Guys, that Eastern Illinois game, that could, that could haunt them. But if they take care of business here in the next month, mm-hmm. they're going to be right back in it. Iowa State, they just keep banking wins. Yeah. Now, if you look at the standings, K-State, Iowa State, both those teams are going to be bottom of the Big 12. Both those teams are 3-0 and up top of the standings, and we've talked about it, you know, the depth of this uh, this conference. But, man, Iowa State banking these wins, and we talked about if they could just get to 7 or 8, well, they're at 3. And if Hilton Magic was dead a couple years ago, if that place isn't rocking all season mm. and moving forward, it, they should be because they they got a team, and, and that defense, can, can go and we, we've talked about it. it can go anywhere so if they can just be a little bit more consistent from the field and from three this team's going to be scary come march good to talk to you guys i'll talk to you soon yeah thank you jeff appreciate the call uh yeah um good good for iowa state that i was got their season back uh, rolling again too uh but uh jeff jeff's right those are three pretty good wins looking forward to this week texas tech of course coming up on tomorrow night that's a seven o'clock tip. Is that what it is? You know what? So I talked Scott Knox on the way in. Um, way in today. We're, we were. I look. I had him look at the schedule because it's tough to drive and look at your phone. In fact, you shouldn't. <laughs> you I shouldn't highly do that, recommend. No. Everybody doesn't do that. Um, next four games for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And I sound. This is old man yelling in the cloud. I get it. I'm guilty. They're all in ESPN Plus. Even the Kansas game. Every, even the Kansas game. Yeah. Texas ESPN Plus. Texas Texas Tech. 
plus, Kansas mm-hmm. plus, Texas plus, Oklahoma State plus. Come on. Come on. Seriously? And last year you understood it. They were 0-18 the year previous. You got it. Yeah, you understood why they weren't on Big Monday. Team this year. You understood it. Right. But I'm for sure didn't do an Iowa State game last year. He's done two this year. Right. But he should have because that's, that made sense going into the year. And, of course, they completely surprised everybody and did what they did. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. Plus, oh. plus, plus, plus. Plus, plus, plus. Oh. Until Old man yelling at Cloud, guilty. Kansas State comes in. So Iowa State-Kansas is on ESPN yeah. Plus. Yeah. Three o'clock on Saturday. Right. Awful. Terrible. Absolutely. First brutal. Saturday game at Hilton in the Big 12. February. 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 Jeez. Is there a big Monday this year at least? Uh, there's they got a, Texas Tech. There's a Monday at West Virginia. It's late. It's the late game. Um, yes, there is. Texas yeah. Tech. It's an 8 o'clock tip. And then Monday's a home game, 27th of February. You get one, but it's... Final week of the regular season. Kansas coming in. Right. Shouldn't right. that be automatic? Yes, you would Every think. year. When Iowa State's down, Every right? year when TJ's there, because yes. it looks as though this guy, look at the recruiting class he's bringing in. How high do they uh, jump up in the rankings? I believe those will come out here pretty quick, the AP rankings. So where do they start? 25? They were 25th they're... in the AP, yeah. Oh, man. Um, going on the road, a couple of roadies, one of them over a ranked team this week. I don't know what who fell above them. Uh, Ohio State lost twice. They'll Which jump really ahead of them. blows me away because they gave Purdue all they wanted they in did. the game I watched. Auburn lost. New Mexico lost twice. Mizzou won. Baylor lost. They're going to be in the top 20. They're mm-hmm. going to be in the teens somewhere. Yeah, I would think. They beat TCU. Can they, how big of a jump? Top 16, 17, something that range? We shall see. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll talk Hawkeye basketball with David Eicholt. He's next. We'll get the latest on the football program. If there is anything to pass along, David Eicholt will do so. We'll preview the national championship with Bama Bob about 10 minutes afternoon. Nick Olson more on Iowa State about an hour from now. Miller and Condor underway on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station. Keyword. Oh! Don't forget. I shouldn't forget. And there is stuff on the football. Portal Kirk hits again. Yeah, Got that, an with alignment, right? Yeah, we'll get more details on that Absolutely. with Absolutely. Uh, right now, go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, enter this nationwide keyword contest. The nationwide keyword for our this hour is green. Green at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Green at KXNO.com. I call it next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.1800. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Bets off. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 106.3 KXNO, here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. The rankings are out. Iowa State's moved to number 14. How about that? Clones all the way up to number 14. See, K-State checks in at 11. How about that? Tank coach? They could be uh, even higher. I mean... You look at that roster, too. They got real dudes on it. You weren't exactly sure how they were going to fit together in your number one of Tang, but that's a real team that is incredibly scary. And Kansas State, 
you think of Keontae Johnson. Remember, he was the one that had the heart condition? Yeah. Yeah. His career might be over. Uh-huh. But he was before the heart condition. He was preseason player of the year right. in the SEC. Right. Dude could play. No, he's fitting in pretty well over there. And him and Dwell and Tomlin. It, they, they got dudes at Kansas State. That's a good basketball team. And Jerome Tang, one mm. and done at K-State. Go he's back to have Texas. Oppor- yeah. Back to the state of Texas. That's right, yeah. After being a Baylor for a long time. Uh, Matt Wetzel just uh, t- tweeted out. And let's get David Eicholt in here. HawkeyeInsider.com. Iowa now has four quad one wins. ISU at home, Rutgers away, Indiana home, Seton Hall away, and a quad two uh, when they beat Clemson on a neutral four. And David Eichel joins us. David, man, um, <clears throat> I think I speak for most of the media, certainly ones that have a microphone in front of them that have segments to kill on a weekly basis, <laughs> and there's nothing worse when one of your teams is out that you follow in early January. Boy, did the Hawks need those two, uh, and uh, they delivered and looked good in doing so. How are you, David Eichel? Hey, I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys having me on. And you're exactly right. I think it was crunch time for Iowa. I mean, you could argue if maybe even if they split the last two games that the season's not over, but certainly not looking good. Maybe if you drop both of them, the season is potentially over. But, you know, it's been interesting to watch this team over the past week after Patrick McCaffrey took a leave of absence to, you know, address and deal with his anxiety. It really seems like the team's playing more inspired than they have. I think over the past few weeks, I think I've said this to, to Trent that you just watched this team prior to last week. They just, not that they weren't giving full effort because I never want to say anybody is not, but they just didn't play inspired basketball. But you look at what they did against Indiana after they got down by 21. And ever since that point, the team just looks completely rejuvenated and refreshed and looking like, you know, the better team, quite frankly. I mean, they established the tone. They broke apart Rutgers' defense, which is one of the best in the country. They shot the ball well. Peyton Sanford really seems to be coming alive again, and that's exactly what Iowa's going to need going forward to continue this winning streak. Three games coming up now in Carver, starting Thursday with Michigan. It's Maryland over the weekend, and then next week against Northwestern. And they've dug themselves a hole. They're still trying to dig out of it here, but we went into the stretch, starting with Indiana, said you got to be 4-1. and one. It felt like the loss had come to to Rutgers. Well, now you're playing with a little house buddy here. Obviously, Michigan's <laughs> going to be tough. Dickinson's a load inside. They got uh-huh. some dudes. Jet Howard, when he's on, he can be really good. Maryland played real well uh, on their game yeah, yesterday. Yeah, they had a big win yesterday. And Northwestern just beat Indiana, and they're playing some of the best defense in the league here. So, though I was favoring all these games, there's no layup here. There, there's no easy one. They still got to be ready. And still, this is a six-man team. I mean, they can't mm-hmm. take anybody lightly. No, exactly. I mean, we're still talking about the same team that lost to Eastern Illinois. So I certainly hope not. they're not taking anybody lightly, you know. But, yeah, Michigan's going to be very interesting. And I'm really excited to watch Philip Abracha and Hunter Dickinson. Mm-hmm. I think people need to take a step back and really give credit to Philip Abracha because it would have been so easy for that guy after coming to Iowa, averaging 6-6 six and six last year, it, replacing impossible shoes, by the way. I mean, the best player in Iowa history, in my opinion, Um taking over that position. I mean, obviously, Keegan Murray, you could probably make a case for as well. But, uh, you know, Philip Abracha is looking like one of the best big big men in the in the conference, at least. I mean, this is a guy who's consistently getting 18.10 rebounds, passing the ball extremely well, playing good defense, staying out foul trouble, staying on the floor. He's playing fantastic. Connor McCaffrey, I think, has turned into one of the, you know, really opened some eyes from Iowa fans. I mean, you talk about those two dudes, they absorb so much criticism. Mm-hmm. And for them to be the one leading the team, it's been very intriguing to watch. But, yeah, the Michigan game will be interesting. They don't have a real point guard. I think that that's where their real struggle comes from. They don't shoot the ball well. 
So I'm very interested to see Iowa continuing to run that 2-3 zone. That has, I think, helped with this turnaround as well. And Northwestern, man, you, you can't take them lightly. Right. I mean, they got, they got experience. They're playing well. They're playing good basketball. Collins has that team playing inspired, and Maryland has been so streaky. They either can look like a top three team in the conference or they can look like Minnesota. There's really not much in between based on me watching him this year. What did Sanford do to get his, his game back on track? I mean, we saw it last year. We knew he could do it, but it seemed like it had gotten away from him. Did, did, um, did he share with you guys, the media, that he did anything different? or Is it just strictly a confidence thing? It's just strictly, I'm just going to keep shooting because sooner or later I know that they'll fall? I think it's a variety of different things. I think, number one, this is a kid that puts up as many shots as anybody on the team. I mean, he's putting in a lot of extra work. I think the stretch where he struggled really, really hurt him. And, you know, I know people talk about his confidence being down, but this is a guy who continued to shoot the basketball. They just weren't dropping. But I think there were a couple of times where he was pressing himself. He was forcing himself to shoot, taking some bad shots. You look at what he's done over the past couple of games, you could argue he had two of the biggest spurts in those two games because he's the one who got the offense started against Indiana, poured in seven mm-hmm. quick points, really kind of got the team rallied around. And then when Iowa went, I think, five minutes without a bucket yesterday, he, hit, he wound those three-point barrage. He had a good take inside, hit the two-pointer. And by the way, can we talk about Iowa had two two-point field goals in that second half <laughs> against <unreal>. Rutgers <laughs> and won by double digits. Yeah. But I, I think just that – putting himself in good position. And I think, you know, when you're down a lot of guys, I think people know that, you know, people need to step up. With Patrick being out for indefinitely right now, Peyton said, you know what, I got to get back to who I am. And, I mean, you guys watched Peyton Stanford in high school. This is a kid that does not lack confidence, and he will put up a shot as quick as anybody in the country. And I didn't care what the percentage said. Keep giving Peyton Stanford the ball and let him keep shooting because it's going to drop you know, eventually, and I think that if he can continue putting up double-digit points, that's going to be a big X factor while Patrick McCaffrey's out. Now, there's something about Fran McCaffrey. When, when we hear him in his press conference, you're there seemingly every single time, and he works in hyperbole from time to time. What was it? Who, who was the comp you made to Steph Curry? I don't know if it was Bohannon or it might even been Jack Nungy. I don't know. He, he throws around comparisons, and he props his guys up. There's got to be credit, though, for McCaffrey. He does that all the time. He does it with all these guys. He talked about Dix. Well, he only played him two minutes after saying he had to get more minutes. But a coach like that, <laughs> that knows you always have your back, we got to give credit, too, to Fran McCaffrey because a lot of coaches would have probably thrown him out with the bathwater and said, oh, that's enough of that. Instead, he stuck with them, kept giving them the green light. He kept shooting, and they're finally going down. A lot of credit to Fran on that. Absolutely. And I think there's another thing that people need to realize about Fran McCaffrey. And this is why a lot of the players love playing for him. And most, most everybody I've talked to has loved playing for him. He will always defend his guy as number one. Mm-hmm. Always. Doesn't matter if he's yelling the official, he has his players back. And that's what makes him want to play. And, you know, again, I, I mentioned on Twitter, people talk about, you know, coaches blowing up on officials, looking unprofessional, yada, yada, yada. There really wasn't a lot of work about Mike Woodson cursing in the press conference and uh, the way he was getting after officials. Izzo going after officials. Micah Shrew- Shrewsbury going after officials. But everybody's quick about McCaffrey yelling at the officials. But what happened after Fran McCaffrey got that technical foul, guys? Absolutely. They went on a giant run. Players thrived off of that. And for better or worse, when it comes to press conferences, when it comes to Fran having his players back, Fran McCaffrey will always fall on the sword 
in the public eye rather than call out one of his players. He will always prop them up. He will never, ever tear them down in a press conference, at least from, from my experience over the past five years watching Iowa before I covered the team. Fran is not one to throw his guys under the bus. He will never drive it over the bus. He'll never give anybody the keys to drive over his players. This is a guy that will always fall on the sword in the public eye for his guys. So help us out from what you've seen in the Big Ten. Uh, Trent and I did this earlier in the show. Does it look like it's Purdue then, I don't know if it's a big gap, but we're, tr- we're trying to you know, come up with the, the pecking order as, as uh, we're, what, two weeks into January when it comes to this conference. Is there, I mean, I'm not sure there's a, a team that'll get out of the second weekend in this group. I still think it's Purdue, but obviously, um, you know, could be wrong. Edie gets in foul trouble. Help me out with the Big Ten. How, how do you see it right now? Man, that's a really good question. I mean, we're talking about a league that's Northwestern tied for second yeah. now, right? Uh, Purdue's biggest enemy is going to be Purdue. Can they shoot the ball? Because you look at the – I said this last year. When you look at their roster makeup, Purdue might have one of the best roster makeups in the entire country. I think they play great defense. I think Zach Eady is a load inside. He's you know up there for National Player of the Year. He's a really good player. I don't care if Wisconsin's 11-3. I will never buy stock into Wisconsin. They play <laughs> up and down to their competition. I don't know why they win games. It's infuriating that they win games just based on a watchable standpoint. But credit to them. They know what they're about. They win games. Michigan, I think, can get hot at the right time. Michigan State's maybe in that category. You know, I think if you're talking about a second or third most likely team to get out of the first weekend and into the second, I think Ohio State's still really good. I think they can get healthy. I think they're incredibly physical. I think they would have upset Purdue if Zed Key had remained in that game. Mm -hmm. He got out of that game with a shoulder injury. I think they would have really competed hard. And I like Penn State a lot, too. I think they're very hit or miss. But Jalen Pickett, I think, is one of the best players in the country with what he's been able to do. So I think the Big Ten is a hodgepodge of mid-teams, honestly, that are are together. I think it's Purdue's to lose. But uh, like I said, I think Purdue's biggest enemy is going to be Purdue. Over to a little football in Portal Kirk. He strikes again. The old man changing his spots out there and playing the Portal game. They go out there and... They pick up an offensive lineman. Pretty big deal here. Uh, a guy that I know had been targeted for a little while was committed to Virginia. What can you tell us about Dejon Parker? Yeah, very good addition, by the way. Six foot six, three hundred five pounds. This is a guy who has ties with the Merriweather family as well. Cave on him, go back there, mm. lifelong childhood friends. Oh, so I, I saw that. Merriweather's mom there. was on Twitter. I think. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yep. I think they played basketball together. I think it was, but no, this is a guy who's going to step in, I think, right from the start, and it's very interesting when you think back to the Tyler Barnes press conference when he was asked about the transfers. He kind of hinted, hey, remember, these guys, the transfers, have to basically show up and start taking classes. They only sign financial aid grants. They don't sign a letter of intent. So even if a player is committed, teams can still continue to recruit those transfers. Keep that in mind. So that's exactly Hmm. what Iowa did. They stayed on him. Virginia has not had an offensive line coach for 28 days. So Parker said, you know what? Why wouldn't I go check out Iowa? And that's a visit that, you know, got taken place at the very last minute. Our own Sean Bach messaged him on Wednesday night. And he said, yeah, I'm not going to get there for a visit. And Thursday night, what happened? <laughs> Parker's in Iowa City. So the coaching staff were able to do that. And, I mean, I don't think Iowa's done the portal. They're still going after a couple of top, top targets. So, uh I would say stay tuned for that. Uh, there's the receiver, right, that everybody's asking. Isaac Tesla? Yeah, and his decision is when, David? 
that will be tomorrow sometime. There's no word on the exact timing. I think Iowa's in a pretty good spot, but they're also battling Arkansas, Primetime, a.k.a. Deion Sanders, Colorado, Iowa State. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. I think Iowa's put their full foot forward, and I think they've said, hey, you can be our number one guy if you get there. And I don't care if he's a D2 guy, you know, D2 player, guys. He He's a baller. He, he, he can flat out play. It's no surprise to see him or in those 15 to 16 offers uh, once he hit the portal. Uh, Tesla, also his high school teammate, Hayden Large, a walk-on from uh, Dort College. He is a young man. Now, you looked at the numbers. What do you have, like 16 catches, something like that? I was like, okay, you know, this is a filler piece, something like that. I think Dort only completed like 90 passes this year. So maybe those 16 catches look a little bit better. Obviously, (laughs) the one-two punch that they have coming in this year with Eric All and Luke Lachey, that's going to be excellent. Mm. What are the chances we see Hayden Large? And what a great name for an Iowa football player, right? I mean, Hayden Large is a perfect one for a tight end. What are the chances he can crack that rotation at the very least? I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, I'd also throw in Addison Ostranga. That's a guy who got rotational snaps at tight end. True freshman. I was very, very excited about him. But look, you know, Steven Stilianos is still there for another year. But like you say, he's 6'4", 240, outstanding blocker. 62 catches, 950 yards, 12 touchdowns over the last three seasons at Dort. And as you mentioned, best best friends with Isaac Tesla, by the way. So I think there's certainly an intriguing add there. You know, he told our own Sean Box today that he has been all over uh, Tesla, trying to get him to follow, follow suit to become a Hawkeye. But, yeah, hey, Marge, it'll be very interesting to see how he fits into that room with Abdul Hodge. And as you mentioned, Iowa's tight end one-two combo. I, I think you can put up against anybody in the country. But, hey, you know, dudes recruit dudes. Dudes push, push each other. And it'll be interesting to see how he sort of develops and what we kind of hear throughout spring ball. And two more recruiting notes, and uh, we'll continue on from that. Jackson Filer, another walk-on candidate from Iowa Western. Of course, his dad, the great Rodney Filer, Iowa Barnstormer and Iowa Hawkeye back in the day. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, th- chances of him trying to – he'll be a situational guy if he does play, you know, a third-round specialist kind of guy. And then Walter Rouse, the offensive lineman from Stanford. He also visited, took a Nebraska visit after that. Sounds like maybe a final three of Oklahoma, Iowa, Nebraska. What are your thoughts on Jackson Filer and then the transfer, Walter Rouse? I mean, if you get the National Juco Defensive Player of the Year as a preferred walk-on, you're doing something pretty good. right, right? I mean, this, this is a guy who had 28 tackles for loss, 15 and a half sacks, three forced fumbles. I think the big reason why a lot of the top D1 schools were turned off by him is he's a little bit of a tweener, as you mentioned. You know, he's about you know 235 or so. But, hey, Phil Parker wants to throw in a Raider package. I think that's a guy that you'd absolutely mm. want rushing the quarterback. So, I think Iowa's got a lot of dudes on the edge right now. I think we could see Aaron Graves move out to the edge as well with Noah Shannon returning with Logan Lee, and that's going to be one scary edge rusher if you throw in Aaron Graves and Deontay Craig as a one-two punch. Then you have Joe Evans as well. So Filer is an outstanding addition, especially since he had full rides to Coastal Carolina and a couple other schools. And then Walter Rouse, yeah, as as you mentioned, uh, Stanford four-year starter, Oklahoma wants him really bad. Nebraska is going to put their best foot forward, especially from an NIL perspective. But Iowa's pushing very, very hard for this one. I, I'm hesitant right now to say this, but I, I give Iowa the slight edge based on what I heard last night. But Oklahoma, I know, feels good about it. Nebraska certainly putting their full foot forward. But I think Iowa's staying in a very good spot. So if you can get two proven tackles going into next year along with the rest of the offensive line, I mean, you, you got to give poor old Kirk some credit, guys. He's, <laughs> he's hitting on some pieces right now. Yeah. Now, the scheme and some other stuff still needs to change. Yep. 
but they're getting some good personnel right now, for sure. Well, that was one of the two questions I had left for you, so let's go there. Uh, <laughs> is there any news regarding uh, Brian Ferentz or, or the offensive coordinator position at this point? You know, there's not. Uh, I still don't. I, you know, contrary to some other you know, popular beliefs, I don't think there's been a final decision made about Brian. I'm still intrigued to see if something in the New England Patriots organization opens up, oh. if Brian would, you know, jump ship to go there, you know, maybe be an O-line coach of some sort, especially if Bill O'Brien goes there. I do think that's going to be notable to watch. Uh, and I, I've heard some names being kicked around here or there, but I don't think there's a final thing to be named. I don't think Iowa's going – there's a situation where Iowa will fire Brian, but I still don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that Brian is not back – as the, you know, as the offense coordinator next year. Right now, I would probably go fifty-fifty on it if Brian's back or not. Uh, and then one a position switch, maybe for uh, how do we say his first name? Y A Black. Yeah, that's being thrown around. I don't think that that's a bad idea. I mean, when twenty-four-seven evaluated him, we thought he could be a four-star offensive lineman mm. as well. And you look at his size, and right now he's got that pure size standpoint. Iowa so low at defensive tackle and and on the defensive line. And they need some help up front. So I don't think that that's a bad idea whatsoever to throw in there and just say, hey, you know what? Let, let's see what you can do. Iowa's done pretty well with uh, defensive linemen converting to yeah. offensive linemen. Not, not, not too shabby, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Yeah, that's, that's true. Good stuff, David Eichel. Thanks for doing this. Uh, as always, uh, Hawkeye Insider, part of 24-7 Sports. Anything uh, coming up this week you'd like to share? I mean, we got two months for a dollar VIP subscription. I know Sean's going to continue to drop recruiting notes like crazy. I'm working the phones as well. The portal's still open for another nine days. So, uh, you know, crazy stuff can happen, as I think we've seen over the last three weeks, guys. I don't anticipate anything slowing down. Good stuff, David. Uh, Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate you. Have a good week. Yep, you do the same. David Eichholz, as we catch up on Iowa, we'll do the same in, well, at 1230 with uh, Nick Olson. Take our uh, time out. Come back, finish up the hour. Miller and Condon, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Get your podcasts. Condon is the morning sports station, 106.3 KXNO. Take you until uh, 1 o'clock, hour 2. Bama Bob will join us in about 15 minutes. Uh, help us with the game tonight. Uh, everywhere, 13. The only place I've seen circa is 13 and a half right now. Georgia, 13 and a half. Everywhere else is at uh, 13. Nick Olson will join us on uh, Iowa State. Well, Trent, an end of an era yesterday. End of an era. End of an era. Yep. Yesterday, J.J. Watt. Well, that, too. Aaron Rodgers. That, maybe. Who am I missing? NFL Sunday ticket. That's right. And uh, finished up. I had a little melancholy. Sad to see him go. Siciliano, my boy on Red Zone. Yeah, so I never watched that, but a lot of people loved it. No, I never got into it. But I know I'm in the minority. I mean, Mm -hmm. it it was really popular. Um, So the NFL Network is going to take over that, apparently. Is that what it, I they, think? That's what I is? saw. So NFL has had their own for people that don't have Directv and kind of a standalone service that you can buy. I think it was like twenty dollar add on for the season, something like that. Like if you had the sports well, tier, on maybe Media that's Con. what you're talking. Maybe, yes. maybe uh, that's what it is. I'm sure that's kind of what it is, and there'll be an offshoot of that. It'll be interesting to see if you can just get that as a standalone mm-hmm. with the new package. Is that something that they're going to continue, or if YouTube TV says no to that? But yeah. Um, 
I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I'm going to yell at the cloud a little bit more. <laughs> we, we do plenty of that around here. <laughs> it's my second time in the first hour of the week. 11 to 1, two old guys <laughs> yelling about things. As the next four Iowa State men's basketball games are all on ESPN+. Uh, it, uh, I loved it. I and did, too. The first time that I saw a Sunday ticket was 96, yeah, 97, something yep. like that. Yep. My now stepdad, he was dating my mom at the time, and I was in high school, and what is this glorious? Mm-hmm. Every game, he's a Rams fan, so he had to have yep. it for, to watch all the Rams games, and it was absolutely incredible to be able to watch any single it game It was amazing. We had a setup at Prairie Meadows. Uh, we were, I, I don't know if, when I worked there in the late 90s, and we would we put move all the big screens into it, an area of, on the fourth floor, mm-hmm. And the place would be mobbed. Oh yeah, yeah just mobbed um, for the NFL for for Sunday ticket. We put a little placard up there. What TV's going to have? What game? Okay. It was special, man. It yeah. was Sunday ticket was great. Hate that it's going to end, um, but got to time marches on, right? Yeah, we got to evolve you or die, do. right? And you know what? Absolutely. Uh, so we'll see how it works out. YouTube's got it. What does that mean? How much is it going to be? Stay tuned. Hopefully Google Fiber will be put into my house by then. Ugh. Oh, man, it's been a year and a half. Yeah, we're almost to your place. Uh-huh. Let's go. Google Fiber. I know there's somebody that works there that's working right now. Get your way over. Look up Condon in your little address. Well, aren't you like down the street from the Western Boyne Cop Shop? Yes. Flip it on. So they're, they're having trouble with their internet? You would think that that would, might be a priority? I mean, well, I'm going to guess they're probably... Probably so. The yeah. Condon's not so much. No, Hour so 2 much. coming up. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.